Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and I cannot wait to get started with today's episode. But before I do, I want to give a quick shout out to username Hannah Lee underscore nine, who left me a beautiful five star review and comment on Apple Podcasts. She says, refreshing, raw and real. So refreshing to hear a couple of girls talking about everyday real topics. The Mummy Republic covers all the questions you didn't even know you had. Such an easy and enjoyable listen. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate every time someone makes the effort to leave a comment and give me a rating. And if you want to do the same, you can jump on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a comment so you can let other users know what they're in for. And while you're there, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Now, today's guest, we are going to delve into a couple of different areas. Some of it we talk about traumatic birth, which features preeclampsia, and then we touch on a little bit of postnatal depression. Now, we don't get too heavy with this, but if it is something that's sensitive to you, then you may want to switch off now. The choice is completely yours, and I think in either case it would add some value, but either way, let's get started. Joining me today is the beautiful Natalie Sullivan, and I have stolen uh, some words from her Instagram bio. So in her own words, she shares the joys and craziness of motherhood from a positive heart. You are certainly a great source of love and positivity when it comes to motherhood, which we'll go into later. Uh, But welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I love that you used that from the bio. That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Well, look, I went full creeper. I'm not going to lie. And I'm also not sorry for it. I actually thought of changing my bio yesterday and I really love that in there. So I'm especially glad that you mentioned it and it's definitely staying. <laughs> yes, good, good. I'm glad that we could uh, help each other out. <laughs> so we've got a lot to talk about because you have um, such a great story and there's so many different little rabbit holes that we could go down. But let's start from the beginning by talking about your beautiful son, Ari. Being a first-time mum, how was your pregnancy with him? Um, The pregnancy was really, really great um, up until the end, but the beginning was really beautiful. Um, I was one of those people who loved being pregnant. I still did all of the things that I liked to do, like exercise. I'd still go to, you know, dinners and events, and and I loved dressing my bump. It was Yeah, I really, really enjoyed being pregnant. At the end of the pregnancy, I um, got something called preeclampsia and HELP syndrome. So at the end, it was not as good, but basically I had him the same day I found out that I had it. So I would say that the pregnancy was really, really beautiful, but sort of Labor Day 
and the very end of the pregnancy in the last couple of hours was a bit hectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was at 38 weeks, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 38 weeks and one day, I think I was. Yeah. yeah. And how did they discover that you had preeclampsia and help? Um, so I probably had it for quite a few weeks before they realised. Um, but I think like most mums, you'll get these symptoms which you basically put down to being pregnant and don't realise that it's something else. Um, so about for the, par- for the last three weeks, Two weeks of the pregnancy, I started to get different pains, like pains below my ribs, um, that sort of thing. That, for instance, I put down to, oh, the baby's running out of room, that's why my ribs hurt, you know, that sort of of thing. And, yeah, I just sort of, after two weeks of not feeling good... I had a private midwife at the time and I said, I really think I should come and see you today. So I went up to her and she um, tested a couple of things like my blood pressure because that's a good indication of preeclampsia and um, did a urine test. If you have protein in your urine, that's an indication too. And then I literally went straight up to hospital because her office was like, I don't know, 500 metres from the hospital at Nambour. And I walked straight up there and... They took me in and then they did the tests and I found out I had preeclampsia and then they decided to deliver him straight away. So it was a big thing to happen in a short space of time. Yeah, I mean, I don't imagine you would have woken up that morning thinking that all of that was going to go down. No, I just thought that I wasn't very well and I thought I should probably get checked out. I thought that I had a bit of like a stomach ache, something like that, maybe Mm. a really, really bad tummy ache. At one point they thought maybe a urinary tract infection, but I didn't think something like preeclampsia at all, no. Yep. So in your own words, how would you describe what preeclampsia is because it it, it is actually quite common but I don't think Mm. anybody has a real understanding unless you've been through it or you have a friend who's gone through it in terms of what it actually is. So in my understanding of preeclampsia and it's quite hard because they can't do a lot of research on it because basically once you have preeclampsia the only way to cure it is to have the baby so it's not like someone can have preeclampsia and then they can do studies and research on them. Most of the time it's so bad and it's life-threatening that you have to deliver the baby straight away but in my understanding Preeclampsia, it's a problem with the placenta, so that's why you have to have the child straight away so that you can birth the placenta, and the placenta is sending the wrong messages to your body, and it starts to deplete you of different things, and my preeclampsia then transitioned into HELP syndrome. So HELP syndrome stands for, um, I think it's hematoman, uh, elevated liver enzymes and low platelets. So Mm -hmm. HELP is the different things that are going wrong in your body and basically being depleted of that. And obviously if you run out of platelets, then your blood doesn't clot and elevated liver enzymes, your liver can fail, all that, all those sorts of things. Sounds quite scary. I mean, what were, what are the risks to both you and the baby? If you get it too early, the risk for the baby is that you will have to deliver the baby because it's life-threatening to the mum and then obviously the baby won't survive the pregnancy because sure. it's lots of women get it in sort of early 20-something weeks. I don't think you can actually get it before 20 weeks, but after 20 weeks you can get it. So, And then the, the mum at the end of the day is, is life-threatening that you can die from it. 
Um, but also some people get issues after they've had preeclampsia, like they can um, have problems with their blood pressure. Long-term mums can have problems with high blood pressure. I know people who have gone blind from it. I, wow. I, don't, I don't know how that happens within the scenario, but sure. I've been a part of Facebook groups and Instagram groups uh, related to preeclampsia, and there's a lot of women with long-term issues, so that's something that I haven't had, and I'm very grateful for that. Absolutely. Now, you did want to have him naturally Mm. um, and you were able to do that, but were there any complications as a result of you know, having such a fast, we need to deliver the baby? Yeah, so so basically what happened was I had the midwife come in and tell me that I had preeclampsia and that was horrible because I just, I felt so bad for her because it was something that she just didn't want to say to me and it was all over her face and the way she came in and just said, I'm so sorry, Natalie, because she knew me, um, then went straight to into birth suite They broke my waters and they gave me a full induction with the fluid and I had to have a catheter in because they had to monitor whether my kidneys are failing So because that was another issue and I was on like a water restriction so I would be able to have 100 mils of water every hour and then they had to make sure that it would come, it was going through me basically. Gosh, that's not a lot. Yeah, no, it's not a lot, especially when you're in labour and you do want to drink. Sometimes I'd do ice, but even the ice equated to the water consumption too and even afterwards I had to choose between when he was you know when he was born when I had food later on I had to choose between like custard and water or ice cream and water that kind of thing so anyway so um yeah they did the full induction and during the labor they did say a few times that I would need to have a c-section because it was a priority to get him out as soon as possible but they also wanted me to have him naturally so I think I signed for a C-section a few times and because I would get stuck at eight centimetres and different points along the way. And then I was able to have him naturally. It was about four hours active labour. and But when he came out, because my platelets were so low, my blood didn't clot, so I lost almost four litres of blood. Wow. And I think we only have like four point something litres. I, I looked at it afterwards and I couldn't believe how much I lost in comparison. So... So yeah, so that was the complication that came with going with the natural birth. But hospitals are amazing. They're constantly weighing up the pros and cons of every scenario. And yeah, I was glad that I was able to have him naturally, even though we did have the big blood loss. Absolutely. Do you feel that with all of that going on, did you get to see Ari straight away? Was there any impact on your ability to bond with him? No, I was very lucky. Um, My midwife was surprised that I didn't end up going to ICU. I somehow managed to stay in birth suite. I think, again, because when you go to ICU, I believe that your baby doesn't go with you. So I think that, obviously, they were trying to do everything they could to keep us together. And I ended up just having a longer stay on the birth suite. Like, they didn't move me to uh, my sort of ward room very quickly I had to have magnesium um, in me to make sure I didn't have a seizure because that's another issue with help so I had a nurse in the room with me 24 hours a day that no if, if she had to leave someone else had to come in so that there was someone always watching me but yeah the benefit of that was that I got to stay with Ari and be with him um There was a couple of probably things that I I don't think it affected bonding, but a couple of things that hurt me at the time. 
And I guess the first one is that I can't clearly remember when he was first born. Like I remember that he came up onto my chest and he, and, and I remember him being there and I remember that he fed, but I was very concerned about myself as well because I obviously didn't feel right because I'd lost the nearly four litres. So I think I was just kept saying, am I okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? Because I knew that I wasn't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, then having Chloe and knowing the difference between, you know, something that's, I guess, normal and not normal, I can see that, it was just like I was drunk, basically, you know, like it just, I, and that's how Ryan described it. He was like, as soon as you, the baby came out and you lost the blood, it was like you were, you were drunk or you just weren't there. Um, Which so, is understandable. Yeah. Because that's a huge loss. impact on yeah. your body. Huge. And probably shock too, I would say, yes. you know, um, because it was, it was essentially a traumatic birth, but I did a lot of things to help myself before birth, like calm birth. And I think that that really did help me too. And then when he was born, when we were on the birth suite, I remember him crying and there was a point where the nurses weren't with me and Ryan was there but he was asleep and I couldn't do anything to help him and I remember that really upsetting me because I was like bed bound for four days or something, which in the grand scheme of things isn't a big deal. People go through a lot worse, but I was really upset that, you know, my baby was crying and, but it was amazing that I had a moment where I was talking to him and I soothed him with my voice and I can remember that. That was nice. (laughs) That's a really special thing to remember. So I think, um, I guess for a first time mum, you could definitely say that that would be a traumatic birth Mm. experience because Mm. it's not the way you expect it to go. How do you feel that that affected your mental state when you fell pregnant with Chloe? Well, it affected my mental state straight up from when Ari was born, really. Um, I, and I think the hardest time for me was that I knew I wanted to have more children, but I didn't think that I could. I just, I, as soon as he was born, I got on good old Google. Well, not as soon as. It was like two days after he was born. I got on good old Google. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning after I'd fed him. Great time and to I, do it, and by I the way. All these, <laughs> I saw all these statistics on the likelihood of getting it again if you'd had it and the likelihood of dying from it, and they were not the correct statistics. And I remember I was just sobbing and Ryan woke up next to me in hospital and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I don't have any more children. Like I was just like, I was devastated. And I think that was part of the baby blues too, that the whole next day if anybody came in to see me, I would just be sobbing saying, I can't have any more children. I can't do it because I was just terrified. And and I did always want more than one. Um, So then... We sort of, a, a few months, maybe a month or so passed and I decided that I did really want to have another baby and I was just terrified though as well and I would cry at random times and I remember one night where we'd been to, I think he was like um, 10 months old and we had been able to leave him to go to an engagement party. I'd had a couple of champagnes and came home and I was just beside myself crying because I was so, so just... I was just like, I was just broken. It was, it was really strange. But then the interesting thing was, was that once I fell pregnant with her, it was almost like, okay, we're doing this now. So then I was better. 
it was, and I always said that she kind of healed me, but it was just that period between having him and getting pregnant with her where I was more petrified. But I'm very much, once something's happening, I'm like, okay, this is happening now. So I'm not going to, you know, cry every day about it and stress myself out and stress my baby who's inside me out. So yeah, she, she healed me. I, yeah. She's special oh, and he's special. <laughs> They're both very special yeah. and you're special. <laughs> you. Um, did you, when you were going through that time of crying all the time, mm. did you discuss it with your GP in terms of getting that reassurance outside of Google Doctor? Yeah, I, it was more I spoke to the obstetrician at the hospital who delivered him. Um, I went and had something that they call a debrief there and basically they go through the labor what happened why they made each decision and they offer that to people who have had a traumatic birth or maybe had an emergency c-section that kind of thing and I think that it's something that's really important to Mm -hmm. chat it out with your care team and yeah so I talked to them and I had a really good cry and the the gentleman who was my main obstetrician during Ari's birth was really special to me. There was one point where I was obviously terrified in labour that I asked him if I was going to die and I can still remember it. I always get emotional. <laughs> oh, you're making me emotional. Um, I remember that I was on the fitball because I couldn't do much with him. I was either bed bound or on the fitball because of all the cords in me. And he and I said, am I going to die? And he put his hand on my knees and he said, you are not going to die. And so he's really special. <laughs> how can I still get emotional? <laughs> There's a lot of emotion in this room right now. Yeah. Because it's, but, but what a powerful moment for you to remember. Yeah. And that, those words that obviously you really needed at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. And so he is special. And, and I went back and did the debrief with him and, So I did speak to different people along the way and um, did a few things that were sort of recommended for a preeclampsia like saw a naturopath and a few things like that to give myself the best chance of not getting anything. Though they say with preeclampsia, when you have it the first time, it's unlikely you'll ever get it again. But I, I do know people who have had it again, so you do need to... Yeah, I gave myself the best chance I could to make sure that it didn't happen for sure. (laughs) Which is all you can do. You know, it's one of those things you can't really control. But in terms of the emotional side, I didn't talk to doctors about it because I I did know that it was... It it never got to anything extreme. I knew that it was normal for the fact that I had had a traumatic birth and my concerns with wanting to have another child. It was more just I focused on more the medical side of things and making sure that it didn't happen again. And I kind of knew that once I got pregnant with her then I would be okay it was just that time in between of am I going to do it am I not going to do it that kind of thing absolutely yeah and how was Chloe's birth different to Ari's? Um, hers was great and again the pregnancy was wonderful I, I didn't know what she was we, we decided not to find out her gender but with Ari I did and um yeah and her her birth was amazing she was born at 39 weeks um we did have complications though just that I I used the same private midwife and the day that she was born, I sort of went into contractions at 3am, but irregular. I didn't even wake Ryan up till like five or something like that. And when I went to the bathroom, I was, I had blood and this obviously alarmed me because I'd lost blood with Ari. So I was probably hypersensitive to do with blood. And then it got a bit yucky and we weren't sure about it. So I met um, the midwife at the hospital and she had a placental abruption. But like to me, that's not a big deal. The first one was a big deal. It was just a placental abruption. 
So they decided that we needed to give birth to her um, straight away, like with Ari. So they just broke my waters, but they didn't do anything else. They gave me two hours to deliver her or I would know it was two hours to go into active labor or I would have to have the full induction like Ari. And I didn't want that. I wanted to have her as naturally as I could because of everything that I had had pumped through me with Ari. And she was born two hours later. So we managed to, um, yeah, avoid doing anything else other than just have the waters broken. But I also think that things happen for a reason. And she had also pooed as well inside of me. So if I didn't have the placental abruption and the blood happen, we wouldn't have, you know, broken my waters and known that she had pooed. So, yeah, I think that it all happened for a reason. And her labor was, was beautiful. I was able to be active and walk around the room and I had the shower and um yeah I I got to do all the things that I didn't get to do with Ari and I didn't use any drugs whatsoever which was different to all of the things that I had to have with the first that sounds really special and I think it is lovely that you got to do all of those things Mm. that you didn't get to initially because then your mindset around birth is now much more positive now you did touch on before that you did a few things during pregnancy um around a calming program yes so I did calm birth it was from a beautiful lady in Noosa Karen does the calm birth program so I did that with Ari it was I think it was two weekends for two days, like a Saturday and Sunday for two weekends. And it's kind of like hypnobirthing, just preparing you for birth, different ways that you can look at it, breathing techniques, relaxation, what husbands can do and partners can do. And yeah, that was really amazing. When I went into Ari's birth, I... Ryan had to go back home to, to, no, sorry, Ryan had left me in hospital because with Ari we thought it was just a urinary tract infection, right? So I told mm. him to go to work. And then when I found out I had the preclamps, I was in the hospital by myself. So I rang him and I said, quickly, you need to bring the birth bag. So anyway, so within the birth bag, we had all of these tools that we had discovered through Calm Birth, like um, affirmations. I had his scan one of his rattles and a blanket that I could hold in labor and all these things to help me think about him and my baby and just seeing him rather than sort of the labor as such and that really did help and so even though it was a traumatic birth I don't really look at it like that because I can remember just you know the beautiful things and isn't that crazy how calm birth can almost brainwash you that on one side I was asking the doctor if I was going to die but in my head I was just in a different calm birth place where I was just trying to shut out all of the extra stuff that was going on yeah which is exactly what you want because it is you know you're in such a pressure situation that you've never been in before Mm. and it impacts both your body and the baby so to Mm. be able to step outside of that and remain calm I think that's incredibly powerful yeah did you do the same thing with Chloe Yes, I did. I went back to the same lady, Karen, and she does like a refresher course, but it's just um, the first one is in a group situation and this one was just Ryan and I and you talk about your previous birth and again I had like a nice cry which was good and releasing and you just re-go over the techniques if she's got anything new and then again we took all of our bits and pieces into labor with Chloe Ryan pinned all the affirmations around you got the battery operated candles going oh he's a good boy isn't he yeah he did good the only thing I have never done which I would really love to do is I did want to go in the bath and 
obviously with Aria I couldn't and Chloe once um, they've pooed you can't go in the bath which is a shame so I did my I did the shower but yeah I would have liked to have done that so so does, maybe does that mean there's baby number three on the way maybe if we had another baby I might what is it third time lucky I might get Ryan. my water bath Ryan are you listening I know <laughs> No pressure, yeah, but <laughs> well, you never know. Third time's the I charm. Know, right? I know it would be nice, wouldn't it? But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, now look, you've you've actually from those experiences, you've gone and created something that's really special, tailored to mums. Tell me a little bit more about that. So I wrote a book. Uh, it's a poem that I wrote earlier this year, just before Mother's Day. I try to concentrate on the positives in life in general and always stay positive and especially in motherhood when you can have your ups and downs I always still try to look at the positives even when there's a stressful or a negative situation so I had this idea that I wanted to write a book to focus on positivity for mums and as I was writing it I and had my idea I felt like it would flow better as a poem so I wrote the poem and then I had it illustrated into a book and then I started to sell that this year. So, And then with every sale of the book, I make a donation to Panda to support mums with um, postnatal depression as well. So, yep. Which is really special. And you touched on before um, around the emotions that you had and you felt like it was quite under control. Mm. Um, was there any particular reason that you wanted to donate to Panda? Have you had friends go through postnatal depression yeah, it, it, I mean, it's very common even in its lighter or heavier forms and friends, but then also I've got such a big community on Instagram now. So many mums talk to me every day and I love that. So I just wanted to find a way to support them or anyone who's having a hard time and I feel like I can directly support them with the donation and I can directly support them with the book. So it's all about them basically yeah which is so beautiful and I just want to quickly read just one section of the book um it says remember mama you when you've had enough you're stronger than you know and you're really quite tough I think little snippets like that are so powerful and on a really difficult day that's people want that comfort mums want to know that you've got this and and it is hard but you're okay you can get through it yeah and that's exactly what the what the original idea of the book was I was thinking about negatives and then turning them into positives definitely and I'm thinking about doing prints of the books too so there's a few particular pages that I love and I'm thinking about popping them into prints and I you might have seen last night on my Instagram I put a couple of the prints on there and ideas and asking for opinions that kind of thing and I just actually before we started had a message from a mum on there who I've never spoken to before and she said that's a beautiful idea I want to get one to put above my office desk so that's what it's all about yeah and I think even you know mums we spend a lot of time breastfeeding and you know you're you're in the baby's room to have that kind of extra source of comfort would be Mm. something that's really special I think so so I, I love the book I think it's just Thank the most you. beautiful thing and something special for you to do to, okay. to give back to your community and to those who are suffering. Um, so that's been a, a big change for you this year. What, what else is going on? What's next? Everything's always going on. We're so busy. <laughs> we really are. Life. I've got this new thing where I've decided that I'm living week by week. I used to plan, I used to be a massive planner and I'd have things planned months and months in advance, but these days I kind of just control how busy I am by doing week by week just working through it 
So at the moment we're building our house, which is really exciting. We are building a Palm Springs style house here on the Sunshine Coast. My husband's a builder. And yeah, this should be our forever home, but for a builder that's probably like five years. <laughs> We've had a few forever homes that haven't ended up being forever homes, but I've been assured that this is a forever home. Is there going to be a, an extra child's bedroom? There's, uh, there, there's five bedrooms, five bedrooms. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Two, you know, we only use three at the moment, so there's a few there. Extra, extra space. <laughs> there's extra space. Well done, Ryan. <laughs> we did put, put one bed, so all of the children are down one end of the house and the master's are down the other end, and we did plan and put one bedroom next to the master, just in case. The maybe baby room, just in case. <laughs> yeah, think so. I think you're uh, thinking about it. We're in thinking. Theory. Yeah, we're thinking. Um, yeah, so we are building the house. We're going to Europe in three weeks, which we're really excited about, and Bali. So we've got a nice trip as a family, which will be beautiful because we've all been really busy. And then on the Remember Mama front with the book and the posters. I've got another product that I'm hoping to do by next year as well, which I'll keep a secret for now, but I'm hoping to get that one sorted as well. Oh, sounds very exciting. (laughs) Well, I will put um, all of your Instagram details in the show notes so that anybody who's not already following you can jump on and give you a follow because um, you do have such a positive perspective on motherhood and the way that you live your life and and as I said I think what you're doing with Remember Mama is really special. Uh, there, before I let you go there is one thing that I wanted to ask you so I think coming into motherhood it's really easy for us to lose ourselves because we get caught up in in our children and as we should um, but remembering who you were before you're a mum is really important just to reconnect with yourself and I like to call it the me before mummy. So what is something that you do on and a, a regular or an irregular basis to reconnect with who you were before you were a mum? Mm. Any I've simple got, activities, me time? I've got a couple of little... I'm, I'm not great at me time because I'm just so busy all the time. So when I'm not with the children, I'm doing my blog and Instagram thing. But honestly, that is my me time because when I had Ari, I didn't go back to work. I decided to be a stay-at-home mum and He stayed home with me until this year where he started kindy two days a week and Chloe's still home with me. So at the moment I have one day a week without them. But probably when he was about maybe... When I was pregnant with Chloe, I decided that I needed something else and that's when I started my Instagram and my blog after that and that is a lot of that is my me time. I love it. I love connecting with mums. But outside, and I get to be creative. And outside of that, though, because I guess at the end of the day, that's still work, essentially. I do like to stay active. So I'd probably say mostly my gym. I love going to the gym and going for walks and going for runs, that kind of thing. Yep. I'm lucky now that the children are old enough that in the morning I can duck out for a half an hour walk in the morning and I love that. So Ryan comes home from his gym session and before he runs off to work, he I get half an hour where I just get to go by myself and that's really important to, to me to have just that half an hour breathing every day by myself. Definitely. Something and- that took a while though because, you know, when Chloe's younger and she's being breastfed, you don't know when they're going to wake up so it's hard to do that and if you take them with you it's not as much you time so yeah I value that that a lot (laughs) yeah yeah I love that I think going for a walk and just having that time to clear your head even Mm. if you're listening to music or a podcast or just just that you time and Mm. it's good to be able to reset 
before the day. And that so. is what I do a lot. I listen to podcasts while I'm walking. I love listening to podcasts. I listen to them all the time. <laughs> oh, that works out perfectly. I then. know. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much to the lovely Natalie for joining me. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story. I have no doubt that it will have helped a number of people and, and just to give us a better understanding of what can happen in terms of birth and what that might look like um, in terms of a real perspective. So. Thanks so much. I can't wait to see what's coming up next. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love hearing people's birth stories. I think there's something so incredible about understanding what someone's gone through their journey to be able to get to where they are and have the children that they have today. And Nat's story is certainly no exception. And preeclampsia is something that is really common, but we don't talk about it enough. You know, majority of us actually don't even know what it is and how it can affect both the mum and the child. And unfortunately, if you do find out that you've got preeclampsia quite early in pregnancy, it can result in premature birth. So it is something to be conscious of. And a few things that I took away from our conversation today is to really not ignore the symptoms of your body and make that call for yourself. Even if you think it's normal, even if you think that this is just pregnancy, if you're feeling a little bit different and you're unsure, do not be afraid to reach out for help because it could make all of the difference. Now off air, Nat actually explained to me that every year, the night before Ari's birthday, she has a little cry. I suppose in the scheme of things, when you're listening to her story, you may not think that it's such a traumatic experience because for her, it was quite a happy ending. You know, everything worked out well. She was okay. So was Ari, but everyone processes their experiences in a different way. And it is completely normal. Traumatic birth doesn't mean that you have to have a horrific experience or a very sad ending. Everybody goes through a different process. So don't be afraid to feel whatever it is that you need to feel and to talk about it and be open about it if that's going to help. The other thing is that it is normal to have a lot of feelings and emotions after birth. You're not alone. It will take time to adjust. And some days, honestly, they're just going to be really hard. But if you are struggling and you think it is more than the baby blues or it's a constant source of worry, make sure that you do reach out for help because there are so many amazing organizations who can help. If you would like to follow along more of Nat's journey along with her beautiful little family, you can find her over on Instagram at this sweet life of mine. Now she does have a number of underscores in there, so I'm going to pop this on the show notes and make sure that it's in there so that you can connect with her over on the gram. Now, before I wrap up today, I just want to give a quick shout out to username at stylistau, who tagged me in a me before mummy post. She had the opportunity to jump in the car solo and escape for a few hours while hubby looked after her little one. She says she's very lucky to have some great help around me, but today being able to be impromptu to a certain extent was worth the treat. 
It allowed her to fill up her cup, which is just amazing. And it's absolutely those small opportunities that you should take advantage of when you can. If you want to do the same, you can tag me at Mummy Republic and use the hashtag the me before mummy in a post or a story showing me what it is that you do to reconnect with the person that you were before you had children. It's a great opportunity to share that with other mamas, but also to give yourself a timely reminder that you deserve this and it's absolutely something that you should invest in. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself, and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again, lots of love, and I'll see you next week. 